0: First of all, Merry Christmas to everyone. Merry
1: right. Christmas. Uh, all right,
0: there you go. And a Happy New Year, all the good stuff. But I want to talk about a very interesting story that Ari shared with me, and I'm going to let him take it away, but it's it's so emblematic. I want people to listen to the story and take a different tack when approaching your lefty friends. I mean, Donald Trump recently said how to argue with your lefty friends. I got I got to check that out. I'm sure it's really good. But in any event, uh, tell your story, and then I, I want to tell my, our, our listeners, children, do not try this at home. This is a stuntman, <laughs> professional stuntman.
1: Go. Well, you can try it at home with adequate training that's that right. I provide that's, that's if you buy my video for nineteen ninety five, dollars 95 uh, Okay. Go. Oh, anyway, so I, we have a wonderful friend who doesn't get along with her father because he's liberal, and this friend is conservative. And she tells me that her father is quite an obnoxious liberal. So I get this phone call. See, I'm a superhero, and I'm available for this for my close friends, that when they have the equivalent of a kitty stuck in the tree and they need a superhero to come take care of it, the bat (laughs) phone rings and I'm on my way. Any time, any place. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So anyway, she calls me up and she says, Ari, I need your help. And I'm like... Yes, darling. Anything for you? What is it? You do look like uh, Mr. Incredible, uh, but but not the good one—the
0: one who kind of you know chunked up a little bit and needed to lose a little bit of weight, you know, before he becomes Mr. Incredible a second time. I just want to say.
1: Well, I'm Mr. Incredible, but, but I'm you're- Mr. Incredible after prime <laughs> rib and eggnog. <laughs> But you're Mr. Incredible to me always. Oh, well, thank All right. you. Go ahead. All right, continue with this <laughs> story. I'm continuing. That's okay. So the friend calls me and says, I need help. Uh, my father's coming into town. Can you come and meet him? I don't want to be there alone. I'm like, of course, anything for you. So uh, on a Saturday night in L.A., I drive out to West Hollywood, which is not close to my home. And um, I walk in, and they're finishing dinner at this Mexican restaurant. And there's this lovely lady, her husband, and her liberal father. And I, she basically says, you need to shame him to death. You, <laughs> I want him contemplating suicide after meeting you. In other words, you need to be Ari. Yes. All right, good. And, and
0: I that's, said to her. Good, like, by the way, that's the way I feel whenever we talk. <laughs> and after these podcasts, I do feel like killing myself. <laughs>
1: So, you're very effective. <laughs> I tend to make people feel that way. <laughs> all right, you know? go ahead.
0: You, so, use Ari sparingly.
1: Right. right it's the low doses. The <laughs> a little I, goes a long I, I way. I feel like
0: we should have all these symptoms, th- you know, all these uh, possible side effects like they have on all those prescription uh, commercials. Yeah,
1: warning labels. Yeah, yes. It may,
0: may cause suicide.
1: Yeah, may. May. <laughs> it does. So, anyway... Uh, Among (laughs) other things I told this guy Is uh, after he told me That he voted for Obama And loved him You know I said despite the anti-Semitism Despite this, despite that He
0: was the best uh, pro-indulter israel I go
1: you know I said to him Sir it's such an honor To meet you because I've never met anyone like you Before and he says what an east coast Liberal I go no A racist (laughs) (laughs) And he then says to me I'm not racist. I voted for Obama. And then I tell him, I tell this white liberal East Coast Jew, I said, wait a minute. Did you vote for Obama because of his skin color or because of his policies? Because if it was because of his skin color, you, my friend, Might are a, a racist. racist. Yeah. And, but yes. if you voted for him because of his policies, this was going to get really sticky for you. Um, since his policies are bad for minorities and well, basically everyone else, you two are a racist. racist. <laughs> know, it's true. It's, it's and, ridiculous. Oh, the, his daughter, my friend, was cackling and she was grinding her teeth down to nubs, trying not to <laughs> be seen laughing in front of oh him. But God. she could help, but ah, you know, do yeah, those. She she loved and, it. And uh, but you can see how the man's circus circuits started going haywire. You know, having overload, doing the sideways twitch, you know, like a, a robot being electrocuted. Right. He couldn't handle the overload and it blew his mind in in every possible way because it it completely attacked his own self image of himself. Well it's true. Look, I mean they he was re- so believing he was not racist because he voted for a president because of skin color.
0: Right, right. It's like that movie, um ah, what is it? It's kind of like a suspenseful, scary movie, and uh, twice in the movie they say, oh, he would have b- voted for Obama three times if he could, right? A third time if he could. I forget what movie it is, but there's a, a black character who is dating a white girl, and they're going to her very liberal uh, family, and they you know, they embrace him, but it's really there's a lot of under, undercurrent racism going on anyway, even though they proclaim to be uh, not racist, because after all, they voted for Obama twice and would have voted for him a third time if they could so it's very similar to what you're saying they, they think they get a pass because they get to say oh i voted for obama therefore i'm clean as a whistle uh they're not they're not they're racist it's just plain stuff the moment you decide that you're going to vote for somebody because he is x y or z whether that's skin color or religious or you know cultural or nationwide nationhood you are you are in a sense either racist or nationalistic or whatever it is, or, or it could be anti-Semitic. If I voted for Bernie Sanders, for example, because he's Jewish, or if that, if that even became a factor in my voting, uh, then then that's anti-Semitic in its own way, right? I mean, or it's pro-Semitic if you want to call it that.
1: Well, it would be it's absurd. Racist. It, it's you you are clinging to the identification It's identity of a politics. Clan it's identity because of politics. the very clan's right. identification, right. Right. which is what we've always been told is the very definition of racism, Right, making a decision that's less ideal for yourself and others because of a clan identifier.
0: Oh, yeah, elevating a decision based upon a skin, religion, or nationhood. Yes. So that, that's what it would be. And you and I, we're, bo- we're both uh, Jewish. We're, I always consider ourselves very serious Jews. We are devout believers. We love God and we love, you know, the Torah and everything else. But uh, for me to vote for, what's his name, the senator from uh, Connecticut, Lieberman, right, Uh, when he was running, for me to vote for him because he's Jewish or Bernie Sanders, in this case, coming up because he's Jewish, uh, we would never think of that. I mean, on the contrary. We, if anything, we wanted to vote against him because he's such an embarrassment, I think, to we Jews. We don't want him to be the face of Judaism. Let's put it that way. And uh, that's the last thing we want. And, and thankfully, he has really downplayed his, downplayed his own Judaism until recently. Uh, very weird duck, that guy. But w- that's not the way we operate. Bernie Sanders
1: in this case, yeah, right? Yeah,
0: Bernie Sanders. Yeah.
1: Lieberman's a weird duck too, but not as much better. Sanders much weird. better. Yes. No, <laughs> and all that, but, but And then
0: there's Sanders right. weird Well, not only that, but he became much more he was an independent, he, he leaned toward the right eventually. But you're right, Sanders uh he's he's the oddest of ducks out there. And we, you know, if we have to have a choice between I, we wouldn't even say all things being equal, we would vote for Bernie Sanders. No, I would not. First of all, things are never equal. But even if they were, I, I, I would not vote for Bernie Sanders, precisely because he's such an embarrassment. Uh, but between Donald Trump, who is a Christian and a devout, you know, it looks more and more like a devout Christian, uh, and, and this this Bernie Sanders jackass, of course I'm going to vote for Trump. The, the very idea that I would vote, i would more likely to vote for Bernie Sanders because he's Jewish. It's the, the, it's the Klan aspect that you talked about. I think you're right. And anyway, it was disgusting, but I love that story that you told about your friend and uh, his, her dad, and it's it's so emblematic. Now, when you talk to your friends out there, folks, um, I, I, you know I really do like Ari's approach. He, you know, and I'm going to quote you from a previous time we talked about, where I, I remember you you would talk to a neighbor who was uh, doing some sort of weeding in her garden or something, and uh, she had some sort of you know Democrat. Uh, lawn sign on, on her lawn. And you had your Trump hat or whatever it was. And she couldn't believe that you voted for Trump or that you liked Trump. And, and you said, uh, and she goes, You didn't vote for Trump, did you? And you said to her the words I loved, which is, You bet I did. Didn't you? Right? Which was a, a fantastic way of approaching it. I have to say, it's so, it, w- w- the beauty of it is its elegance, Ari. It's, you don't have to memorize that huge line and, and remember all these big facts and figures. It's, it's simple. Sure I did. Didn't you? Right? And what you do with that simple phrasing is you flip the burden on them to show why they didn't vote for Trump. Because And you get to say he's so obviously the right choice. One, two, three, four, five. Right? And, and we don't have to even go into the details right now. I
1: mean, we could Well, about- it's, it's the opposite. Your point is, we don't have to do the one through five. Make them do the one yes, through five. Yes, exactly, yeah. Let oh, them uh, defend why they're... Let why them they explain do to us why they don't think they're racist. <laughs> right. Now, So we have is that they are.
0: Yeah, so so they come up with... And because while they're, you know, gaggling on their spoons and, and wondering what to say because they, they've never dealt with a question like like that, right? Why, you know, didn't you sort of question... Then they end up saying the phrases that we all hear, which is, oh, those, he's such an embarrassment. He's uh, the texts, of course. He's brash. He lies. Uh, now, brash is an adjective that means nothing to me. I mean, I, 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 I love a little, a little uh, of me. Uh, lo- I love me a little bit of that brashness.
1: Yeah, right? by the way, uh, since we're in this year, the 50-year anniversary of this event, weren't we told how brash Neil Armstrong was? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Buzz yeah. Aldrin. They yeah, were yeah, yeah. brash. NASA, NASA was brash. Right. When well, it was landing uh, on the moon. Well, you think Teddy Roosevelt wasn't brash? I mean, <laughs> right. The, the George Washington that he wasn't brash. Hey, they, There's a whole musical about how brash Hamilton is. They, <laughs> you know?
0: they had a chutzpah. They had mojo. They had nerve. <clears throat> they had audacity, and all those things are within one Donald J. Trump. It, it's it's obviously right. So. The brashness you get—you just who gives a crap about that? I don't need brashness. I don't need John McCain. I don't need Mitt Romney, who are not brash. That's for sure. I'll I'll give you that. But I I don't want anything else that they have to offer. So that's it. And then they—they present what else? Uh, You know, somehow that the the way he's handling Israel is somehow anti-Semitic. Okay, that's a garbage argument. Somehow the economy is not good. Okay, that's a garbage argument. Somehow. Um, we're going to go into a trade war with China. Okay, that's nonsense. Everything is nonsense.
1: Right, and, and you know, one of my great pet peeves with you, which I'm glad you've come around on this, I have always loved the tweets. Yeah, oh, I like the tweets, loved too. Them. I do. It took you a while to stop saying that obnoxiously, just vile. And there's a compliment to you that you don't do this anymore, that you no longer... Even mention that some people don't like the tweets. The tweets are the best things ever. You know why? Because they complain about them. Right, right. It's By a laying rod I, a I don't. Rod. I know the listeners won't be able to see this, but um, I did a. I felt. I took a picture with Mitt Romney the other day. <laughs> All right. Let me describe this. Oh my God. <laughs> it was at Gelson's Market in the. Uh, well, why subject. don't you describe it? Because I. Yeah. Oh, it's a picture of a capon. Uh, and the, which is a, uh, castrated, uh, rooster. Um, and it says caponized for, to be more tender and juicy, better than chicken.
0: So disgusting. <laughs> See, if that doesn't make you go vegan, I don't know what does. Anyway, <laughs> poor the poor rooster, like, like, what did I do? <laughs> it's like, why am I being, okay. Uh, so, well, what do you do? You
1: weren't the one we decided to have.
0: Do that to the chickens. <laughs> All right. So moving on to because uh, that was a totally derailment of our topic. But the, but look, going back to Trump and everything else, everything of, about their arguments, nothing of it has any substance. They it's it's the zero plus zero plus zero still equals zero, right? So they, they you know each one of whatever they present, that's the beauty of it. When you say the didn't you argument, they are now on the burden to show why Trump is, is such a bad guy.
1: Oh, and why their guy is so angelic? Right. Why that? Why those policies that have led to utter failure and blight and dislocation and vagrancy are the way we should continue going? I right.
0: Mean, no, it's it's, it's craziness. Know? So that the point is that uh, you'll always have an easy time, uh, easier time when you when you make that argument that Ari mentioned. I really liked it a lot. I use it a lot now, as well. It's a. And this applies. This is not one of those things. Don't try this at home, folks. You know, do try this at home. This, this really works. Where you put the onus on them. I think too many of we conservatives, us conservatives, uh, feel like we have some sort of burden to defend uh, Donald Trump. We don't need to defend. They need to, they need to attack Donald Trump and, and explain why they have a legitimate basis against Donald Trump. And that's especially true if, if they're Christians or Jews or anybody who believes in a strong America. Now, if you don't believe in a strong America and you want a socialist America, then by all means, Trump is not your man. But you know, to anybody else who purports to be for a strong America, for a strong Israel, uh, <clears throat> and, and for uh, good borders and everything else, I, Trump is clearly your guy. So they, they never understand that. Now look, now I wanna talk about something that's really wonderful coming up. Um, the prospects of 2020. All right, what's going on now? The prospects are so good for Trump to have a massive landslide. As, as Ari likes to say, 57 states, right? I think he's right. Now, whether that's, I mean, obviously there's not 57 states. But <clears throat> let's say, I, I think the base number is 40. 40 states we will win, okay? And that's being conservative, it literally and figuratively, In our estimate. Okay. So Ari feels it might go as high as 48 or 49 states.
1: My base is a little higher than yours. I think it's going to be 46 minimum with the possibility of 48, 49, or 50, depending on the vileness of the Democrat nominee. And there's one in particular that jumps out at me, and that is Elizabeth Warren. I think if Elizabeth Warren gets the nomination— he wins forty-eight states minimum. Right. Okay. So let's let's. Uh, I mean,
0: I, I'm not even going to there for now. I just. I'm simply want to show some factors. Yeah, that but are that's going on. the
1: scale uh, slide on. Right. And it has to do with the, the again the vileness of the, <laughs> the Democrat nominee, and they have some vile. It's it's not just that they're vile. It's that the entire field is incredibly weird. They're not only devoid of a superstar. They're each. Repulsive in their own way, with one Warren being more repulsive than all. Okay, so yes, you're right. They are
0: all repulsive. They are extremely weak candidates at the very best, right? So you could talk about what's his name, the uh, the billionaire Starbucks guy. What's his name?
1: Uh, Howard Schultz.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm thinking about somebody else. Then
1: Bloomberg Steyer, one of the billionaires. Steyer, he's the guy.
0: Okay, so you know he's he's weak, and, and all he thinks about is global warming, of course. But that's another story. Uh, but, but he's not going to go anywhere, at least as we can see it right now. So the, the interesting thing about this is not only are they incredibly weak, incredibly, but the amount of people wanting to join Trump at a Trump rally is staggering. This is beyond, uh, you know, let's say Bush, George Bush, W uh, rallies to the extent there were rallies uh, you know, where, you know, people showed up, that's great. You know, yeah, the but, president's in <coughs> town,
1: let's go. Yeah. But they're not going to wait in line for three days in the right. snow. Going
0: to a Trump rally <laughs> is like going to a U2 concert, okay? Or a Woodstock. Woodstock, <laughs> or a Pink Floyd reunion yeah. tour,
1: right? I mean, it's pretty wild. So, I mean, like. What bro- bro- Brock means to all those people who've never heard of those bands <laughs> is that it's like the biggest thing ever right a, it, it, a star wars opening you know something big
0: there's excitement in it and yeah. the reason why it's not a, it, it's not the cult of personality like like the democrats would like to charge us with it's because he's refreshing he's saying things that are so obvious and that's what works that's the that's the beauty of it i mean dennis prager once uh told me how how his mother-in-law said it so beautifully he said there goes dennis again uh, saying something so obvious, I never even thought about it. Yeah. Right. So that's the beauty of it, right? I mean, that's the way it should be when you realize, oh my gosh, it's so obvious, it's so clear, and and that's what Trump has done. Just I'll give one example, and then I want to move on to that, drill down in other areas. Trump just got rid of all these regulations, these crazy regulations, and as a result of that, he cut this Gordian knot. That now allowed so many new businesses not only to employ people, but to start in the first place, So, which in turn, of course, employed new people. So that's why we're seeing this amazing flourishing of jobs and a dramatic reduction in the unemployment rate. It's beautiful. It's, it's a thing of beauty. It's, it's artistic almost, but it's also beautiful in its simplicity, right? That's why people love him. He, they get a sense that he gets them, and he, they're right that he gets them. He knows how uh, the little people, so to speak, how they think, what they want. He's been there. He's been on the ground. I read uh, Don, uh, Don Trump Jr.'s book, Triggered, which is a very good book, by the way. And he goes into the history of his own life, of course, but also his father's life. And the thing that you'll hear over and over again in that book is how Donald Trump and his son, but Donald Trump always got the lay of the land. He always would go to his developments. He wouldn't just buy a property and then say, make it nice. He would actually go to the properties, get to know the people, the foreman and everyone else, work with them, and had certain, ex- certain expectations about how things would look. And such. He was really on the ground. He was like Steve Jobs in a way, but even more so. He would, he would really get in there. So in the process, he understands how people actually think. It's a beautiful thing. He actually got his hands dirty. Uh, with dirt, with, with the real stuff That's what I love about him So people get very excited about him And understandably so Because when he speaks He he says things that are on people's minds Like we need a good border Just an obvious one, right And we're doing it And people have a sense that he's doing it He's not just paying lip service to it When when I remember at APAC, for example And many other pro-Israel groups That you and I attend There will be a, a candidate for president and that candidate will say, usually the Democrat, will say, and I believe firmly in Israel's right to exist. And that candidate expects everyone to applaud, stand up and applaud. And, like, I always thought that that's, like, such a low standard. <laughs> like, you 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 give me the right to exist? I mean,
1: oh, thank, thank you. you so
0: much for oh, your—
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: you don't want to destroy us. Oh, that not that lovely? Wow. I, let's vote for him.
1: Yeah, but what would that— Existing Israel look like Uh, You know like uh, remember the movie The Jerk no no you can't win all that But you can win the prize from here To here and here to here but not Here or exactly right Right. so you Can win this ant right
0: Right. But but that's my point so so he So instead of paying that kind of lip service service Crap he actually does It and and he's got the uh, Gravitas the uh, Credibility That when He promises something he does it. He delivers on it. And now he's got a track record of doing that. So when people go to his rallies and they hear him say something that he's going to do, and they jump up, because not only because they agree with him, but because they know that he's going to do it. It's very exciting. Very exciting. And, and I, I love that about him. You love that about him. It, these are very exciting times. We, we are going to, in 20 years from now, 30 years from now, uh, long, gone, long after he's president uh, and even after he passes on we're going to look back on these times and say wow that was a great time wasn't it? Remember how good the economy or, or, was? Or, remember, right. remember how we had confidence in our country and, and so on and God willing he sets a, a pace where people can look back and say you know I want to channel my inner Trump Yeah. maybe he'll revitalize the, the Republican Party for that but I, I want to move on a little bit because we're talking about Trump rallies The other thing in the Trump rallies that's very interesting, and our friend Charlie Kirk brought this up, uh, it's not just that he's galvanizing the base, which he is, of course. It's not just that he's bringing independence, which he is. It's that he's bringing in, as rah-rah supporters, uh, registered Democrats, people—and they proudly announce it at these rallies. Guess what percentage it is?
1: Uh, my guess is something like forty-two, forty-three percent. No, no. Uh,
0: of, of the whole people in the Trump rallies, it's not, gonna, it's not going to be forty that high. That's high, but but the number I gi- I'm giving is very high. What's well, It's, it's um, about twenty-five percent. About one out of every four that's still is a good. registered Democrat who proudly voted for Obama uh, and, and previous uh, Democrats uh, presidential uh, presidential candidates, and now they're. Ex- they, they, they not only will vote for Trump, but they'll they're going to vote for him enthusiastically.
1: Yeah, they're evangelical about. It and they're telling others. And the the big thing to me about this is it tells me that one out of four of these people at these at these rallies, which are huge, are Democrats who have completely unplugged from media influence, because when you become a Trump voter, by definition, you are no longer influenced. To make your electoral decisions by what the media tells you to do, right? And you now have uh, a contempt for the media that we've had for for probably two or three decades. Oh yeah, no, now. no, they they they've they know they've been lied to, bigly, and they're not going back. Once you've been with a uh, you know uh, someone in a relationship, business, sexual, intimate, whatever. And you find out they've been lying to you about something very germane to the the basis of your relationship. You're not going to, when the when the fling with the Donald Trump is over, go back to them and say, oh, let's just get back to where we were. Right. It's like what I say
0: about uh, murderers, right? If you murder one person, that, you know what they call you? A murderer, right? They don't say, they don't say well, that's just... <laughs> That's just one murder. Look at all the people he didn't kill,
1: right? right? I mean, you know they don't say I that. I only could leave that to one guy who's very charismatic and lovable, O.J. Because I'm <laughs> very convinced, other than that little stepfather in Vegas, that O.J. is not necessarily going to kill anyone else. Well, he's yeah. the only guy. No, it, m- most, mur- <laughs> right. most murderers don't kill again. It's, <laughs> right.
0: Unless you're a serial
1: <laughs> because they're usually in jail.
0: No, usually they, they yeah. kill their spouse, they kill yeah. you know the, the the a parent or some sort of relative. Or a business partner, and that's that. That's but a, they're still murderers. They're still
1: murderers. <laughs> so
0: that's the point. So, and and when, what do you call somebody who lies to you? You know, one day out of every week, I'm a liar. Go a
1: limb and say a liar. Yes, it's a liar.
0: <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Ah. But that's the same thing here. So the media has lied to the people, and they expect them to take them seriously. Okay, and they say, <laughs> and if true, it can be the end of Donald Trump and his presidency. If true, if true. Yeah. So I <laughs> love true. that. If true. Yeah. Like, but this is garbage. You know, it's, it's, that's an, that's, that's a nice little uh, safety net there. You got you through for yourself. Yeah. If true. So you've got, they've got a big problem because nobody trusts the media. And I think that the popularity of the media now is something like, like 11%. It's about, it's on par with Congress itself. Right.
1: Yeah. I had a relative yesterday and she's fragile. So I can't do what I did to my, our friend's father. Um, and she's telling me how much she watches Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. She's one of those biddies, right? Being an older lady, but I get it. sweet and everything. Yeah. Why do you hate uh, old ladies? I don't. Okay, move I'm, on. I'm she's one on. of your biddies. Uh, I interrupted you. Go. Uh, anyway, so she says to me, I read the LA Times as if she's <laughs> smart. And I say to her, why? <laughs> Because it's the news. And I go, no, it's not. And not only that, honey, you'd be able to cancel that crap because that's bad for your health. That's right. That's like giving you cancer Well, the When somebody says to me
0: that they read the L.A. Times <laughs> or the New York Times for that matter, <laughs> I say, you, you seem to say that as if it's a good thing.
1: Yes, I think You say it with some sort of pride, which I'm kind of curious about. Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah, but my point is she's like the only person in the family uh, last, uh, last night's little get-together. Right. That reads or believes the LA Times. I know, it's you right. know, and all it's of us are funny. staring at her like like she's nuts. And go, why aren't you watching Fox? Oh yeah, and I, she said something actually very sweet and wonderful about that. Oh, I'm not going to pay for cable. Now I respect that. I love that. Right. Very good, excellent. Right. But, honey, you need to stop reading that 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 printed cancer. Right. Okay. I mean, that's what that is. I know. Is. I know. So let, let me get. That's interesting. You say that,
0: but let me follow up on this point. And then I want to get back to the uh, LA Times slash Fox and all that stuff. Yeah. So, what you're seeing in the Trump rallies, that, that factor, the one in four is a, a registered Democrat, is so powerful. <laughs> You know when when Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders, well, less so with Bernie Sanders, but when when she tries to fill a room, she's lucky if she gets 200 people in yeah, one room, exactly. right? <laughs> because believe me, if they could get a rally like like Trump does at uh, Dodger Stadium or whatever, she they would do, do it. it. Yeah, they do it. And you would think in California, of all places, you know, a very very popular very liberal state, that she'd be able to fill Dodger Stadium.
1: Yeah, and I have a quick anecdote about that when you're yeah, but she on. can't
0: do it. So these are powerful indices indices yeah indices of the future the the popularity of this pro- president is so overwhelming and it's and you know look we're not you and i are are not simpletons we we don't simply vote because we like somebody we we or we think we can have a beer with him right that's not our approach to anything. Yeah, that's the right?
1: stupidest criteria right, but, no, but but a lot of people we do. We understand it we understand. Yeah.
0: Some people, you know, don't didn't like Hillary's uh, shrill voice. Okay, yeah. but that's I agree that yeah. that's not and a good Trump- enough reason to not vote for her. You should vote not vote for her for other reasons.
1: Right. I get it. And but Trump does have the I want to have a beer with him thing going, but anyway, that's not why we vote for right. him.
0: We voted for him because, frankly, he delivers. I I like the cut of his jib because of the things he does for us. Right. And, and just like I'm an employer, I employ certain people and there are some employees that I like really, really uh, a lot because they, yeah, sure, they're nice people. I enjoy talking to them, but I like them especially because they care about their work. They do good work and they get results. OK, that's why I like them at the end of the day. I want to hang out with them. And I, I like that the banter that we have, but at the same time, I like the results that, that they deliver. That's the way I feel about Donald Trump. And I think, frankly, a lot of people feel that way. It is very refreshing for the first time. Put away everything else. Everything. What is so great about Trump is that he delivers. That's it. Okay? He promised a great economy and he said you're gonna be sick of winning. And he hasn't delivered that. Because <laughs> I'm not sick. Yeah, I'm not either. But 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 he is certainly delivering all this winning. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing accomplishment. And what he did with Israel, it's like, thank you. I mean, yeah, finally, finally. finally. And and Christians love him for the same reason vis-a-vis Israel, because where Israel goes, so does America. It's so so does uh, Christianity. So does it's it's awesome, just awesome. And our the way he's bringing China to heal, it's it's a thing of beauty. The way he's putting Iran in its place, thing of beauty. Here, look. He's making all the right people mad at him. That, that's, oh, yeah, and, I like that. I, you yeah. know, one, one of our mantras on the Brock Larry podcast is that you never negotiate with terrorists or dictators. You just don't. All these, this notion of having diplomacy with Iran or North
1: Korea is, is a, such a farce. <laughs> right. right? Or it never Clinton's, works. Clinton's quote We need a deeper understanding with China. Really? Right. You mean you're just gonna give them our stuff for campaign right. contributions? It's it's crazy. You know? A deeper, understanding. <laughs> deeper understanding. Look,
0: he's very clever. Yeah. He says what he needs to say to get to make himself look sophisticated, and other people look stupid. Uh, but that's not the way it is. You 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 need to. This is how to do it. Don't the way Trump is doing it with China is exactly the way to do it. You you throw you throw around your financial power. That's what we're doing. We're doing it with Iran too. But we're certainly doing it with with China. We can squeeze the hell out of China, and we're doing that. We're squeezing the hell out of Iran. We're doing it. It's it's awesome. Yeah, okay? two syllables. The,
1: awesome. Yeah, it's 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 one word basically for them. No, no. Exactly. Walk away. No. Yeah,
0: walk away. Yeah, and, and look and look how good that is uh, resulting for our country. Okay, so so that's the thing. Now going back to your part about the, uh, L.A. Times and uh, New, York, New York Times and Fox News and such like that. Remember how we talked just. Just before that, about liars and everything else. If somebody lies to you, then th- that you call them a liar. Yes. Especially if they do it more than once. <laughs> right? right. Uh, even if it's on a very infrequent basis, let's say once every quarter. Okay? Oh, here comes the lie for this quarter. All right. <laughs> They're lying. Ah! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, <that's laughs> funny. You like that. Oh. So th- that's oh. a bad that's a bad problem for that person because yeah. he's lying. So now the 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 way i look at it and i've said this before i look at the media in the same way that i look at people because Ari, you have a friend in mind right now as soon as i say it you'll say yeah i, I do you have a friend in mind that everything he or she does is drama right the, the world's going to end all the time and and every time this person comes in you just say oh here comes charlie he's uh, there, there he goes off. You know, he's everything is the worst thing in the world, right? You have a friend like that, right? Yes. He, yeah, yeah. I think okay. I do. I all right. Then you have yeah. another friend, man or woman doesn't matter, that every time he or she speaks, you just yeah, you, you don't know whether it's the truth. You know, just you just don't know. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then you have somebody who exaggerates all the time, right? Okay. So yeah, you know what. It was bitter cold today, and whatever. Like, oh, this man looked at me, and he wanted to kill me. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but probably not, right? It's just exaggerating all the time. And then you have a friend that's always lazy, right? Just everything they do, you you know they're never going to deliver on what they promise. Okay. So that's the way it is, right? That different people have different personalities. I'm saying the obvious in this way. Why isn't that the exact same case? with news media outlets whether that's a an internet one a oh, news one or what a, a newspaper good
1: point. what a right thank it's, you yeah so oh my god
0: that's when cnn yeah. and msnbc delivers such false news over and over again not just once by the way but over yeah, and over again It's
1: such hysterical and it's a combination of the three it's not, it's not like Oh, uh, Johnny the Liar, Quarterly Lie, mm-hmm. uh, Amanda the Drama Queen, Quarterly Drama Queening. You know, oh my God, I, I need you right now. Oh. Right. And, and uh, No, it's in one entity and it's constant. A constant state of drama, a constant state of um, uh, perfidy, and a constant perfidy. state of hysteria. Yeah, that's I all mean, it is. Yeah, and, 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 and you know, whenever I turn
0: MSMEC on, I know that they're going to just say something outlandish that has no basis in reality because I know that they've always been lying before. Right. In the past. And
1: now imagine that I'm, I'm a former drug doer. Right. Uh, you know what? Let me rephrase that. I'm a drug doer on pause. Okay. Right. I, I fully intend to get into drugs again when I'm old and can't do the things I want to do. But different story. Ca-
0: caveat, children, do not try this at home. <laughs> no, the opinions of Ari David do not necessarily <laughs> right. reflect don't the don't opinions be like of the Brock Leary podcast.
1: Uh, don't be like Mike here, okay? <laughs> yeah. Do your own thing. Anyhow. <laughs> don't do is, what Johnny Don't does. The point is, what I most remember <laughs> about the good part of drugs is when you do the dr- right drugs in the right way, it makes you feel good, right? It's supposed to. Okay. <clears throat> the ironic thing is, the <laughs> media is, is millions upon millions upon millions of people are c- chronically addicted to this drug that makes them feel terrible every day, and they keep doing it. Right. Well, look at the 2016. It's so, funny.
0: so look at the 2016 predictions and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's that, that's so brazen because it was such a huge historical event. Yes. And how wrong they were, <laughs> right. having told us that she has a 98 percent chance of winning, even on election day, no less. I mean, it's one thing if they they predicted it three months earlier. Okay, but on election day, day. Counties said,
1: in pennsylvania at 11 p.m. our time are going red 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 and cnn I'm, is going but she still has 98% chance of waiting this oh like, it just went yeah. red so so the point is that they they, they, they clearly
0: were lying Right. I mean, we know it and and then they try to pretend oh our our prediction our polling was off no you were trying to manipulate it because you thought that by manip- manipulating and saying that she's got such a great chance that that will kind of galvanize the base and be excited about the base and there'll be a sense of moment, momentum. You were wrong and in fact, we caught you in a lie basically is what, what we're saying to you, CNN. So then they expect by going back on the, on the air the next day and, and for that matter, years later, that we treat them seriously. I, I don't know why you would. I mean, I, again, as an indip- let's say you're an independent voter. Let's say you're completely a tabla rosa, right? You have a, an empty brain uh, other than your, you know, your day-to-day life. And you want to know, <clears throat> get reliable information Do you turn to CNN Slash MSNBC Or do you turn to uh, The Wall Street Journal, Fox News And the Washington right Times part Breitbart uh, Which one will you get more accurate information Putting aside whether they support The president or not Just asking for accuracy uh, Completeness of a, of a picture You're going to get much more information From the latter, that, that's it I know that, you know that, you know why because when Fox News reports something, I know I can take it to the bank. There's there's virtually nothing. I, I, I dare our listeners, the, the liberals among them at least, to write to me and say, "What are you talking about, Barack? Uh, Fox was wrong about X, Y, and Z, and what an embarrassment that was." Okay, something equivalent to the election fiasco in 2016. They uh, w- where we would have that level. I'm not talking about like. Oh, they reported that something happened on a Thursday when, in fact, it happened on a Saturday.
1: Yeah, and, and, I'm talking
0: and, and, about something yeah, truly serious. Yeah,
1: big wholesale things. And no, they're not. And, and they aren't that wrong on things of that scale.
0: Right. And, and, when, and, and when they do, when they are wrong once in a while, they report it and they say, uh, "We inadvertently said that such and such person did it when, in fact, uh, it, it was not his." To right. Do. And, and, and and they and they apologize for the error. Now, let me let me get one more point. I want you to complete your thought. But one more thing. When when it comes, look what happened with the recent British elections. Oops. Right. Now remember, I mean, first of all, that there's a huge story about how it was a slaughter and what a what a joyous moment that was. Right. I mean, we thought Brexit was awesome, right? And then this Boris Johnson does this brilliant move, where he uh, takes a chance. And he has a correct sense that the people are with him.
1: Yeah, that's time to call a snap election. Time to call a snap election. And
0: he does it, and that's the way it works in in Britain. And boom, it's a slaughter. So, in and of itself, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and Farage, the Mm -hmm. UKIP Tea Party leader, did something complimentary to what the Tories needed, which is he pulled all of his candidates out Mm -hmm. of every race, helping them get a more conservative Tory candidate. unifying the vote in that direction. The it was all brilliant. It so was all, it all lined up.
0: But I'm not going there. Yeah. As exciting as that was and as meaningful as that was. Even there's more good news within that. Right? It's like the Russian dolls within the Russian dolls.
1: Wait, the, there's more.
0: There's more. Yeah. The British press and for that matter CNN, MSNBC, all of them. Every single one of them said that this election, the, the British election was too close to call. That's right. Until the very end. They said, oh, who knows what's going to happen? Oh my gosh, you know, is it Corbyn or is it Johnson? They knew that it was Johnson and that it was going to be a slaughter. They had to have known. There's no way that disparity could exist without the polling reflecting that. Okay? so. That shows again that they were wildly wrong
1: and lying about
0: it. and lying about. it. They, they knew it. You can't fool people that way. You can't. You can't say that the temperature is going to be. Uh, it, I'm not forget about Los Angeles for a second. That, that somehow that in Fairbanks, Alaska, uh, which is now probably at negative 20 degrees at this time of year, that uh, tomorrow is going to be a 90 degree day. Okay, it's you can't say that, and then and then of course it does become a 90 degree day, and then and then, uh, you know, not. Deal with it the next day when you were totally wrong, like weatherman. Hey, you were wrong.
1: Yeah, and then and then go do what media did, which is then blame some conspiracy on their right. wrongness. And this, <laughs> and by the way, the the self fulfilling cl- um, circle jerk of all this. I know that's a word for adults only, so we won't explain it. Go but ahead. right is that they throw this coverage at you before an election, horrible, biased, toxic coverage. And then they report the polling based on the influence they believe that coverage is having. And it's like... And then they act like... Uh, they have nothing to do with the results. Right, it's all circular and self referenced Right, it's circular. And I, I, it, it's, um, it, it's kind of like the mafia, the classic mafioso who is shaking down a bodega for the protection money, So we won't want anything bad to happen here, right? right? Protecting then them from himself. Th- right, and they're the ones trashing the place. Right. I know. It's you crazy. know, the media trash a person, then they tell you how no one's going to vote for them, and then when the people reasonably, in Trump's case, thank God, don't believe the media and vote for the person anyway, then the media has a freak out. They don't have a come to Jesus moment and say, you know, we're so sorry, we were wrong, we'll do better, like Tylenol, we'll be better than our competitors. We covered this with that, with that whistleblower out of ABC News a few weeks ago on the upscene <laughs> story. Right. You That's know, right. it, and, and the media does something else, and I, I just want to say this, put this out there because I'm sort of getting a sense of how to describe this. They they do the this thing where they pretend how smart they are, or they tell you how smart they are until they're not. What I mean by that is. They have an air of elitist intellectual gravitas, talking about how informed they are on a particular issue. And then this always happens when they interview a conservative, like, say, a Ted Cruz or a Trump. The conservative, uh, a good one, um, uh, Stephen Miller from the Trump White House does this some all the time. Stephen Miller unloads a truth bomb right to their face. And then suddenly their IQ drops by, like, 80 points, and they become the stupidest person ever by then yeah, – acting I like, they don't know anything.
0: I get it. You're absolutely right. And it's, it is a real bizarre system, a, a real bizarre pattern that, that's going on. But nevertheless, it's, it's fully expected. Yeah, it's okay, how so they do things. And they then they things.
1: expect people to tune into this the next day, tomorrow, but tomorrow, tomorrow you after this, this hysteria and lies.
0: wouldn't you expect this – Whenever you know that truth is about to come out, that, 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 you know, people hate the truth. They hate it. And they're going to say the truth is not the truth. They're going to, they're going to twist it and, and say that's a damnable lie. And you'll be scratching your head. But, but this is, I mean, just like the economy, right? The economy is doing fantastically. And they, they try to say that somehow the economy is not doing well. What a bizarre thing to say. You, yeah, can't, you can't meaningfully say that, but they are saying it. And they're saying how they're not really good jobs out there. Well, well, look at
1: all these homeless people. Look at them left behind by capitalism. Right, yeah. you know, and they don't point out, no, no, that's a little pocket I, where where Trump isn't running the place Democrats are. I know. You know? So, so here's
0: where I want to turn this to because we talk about the future and the things that. The Democrats are going to deal with and how they have to respond to it. Okay.
1: Let me translate. You want to make a list of things they're going to pull in the run up to the 2020. Well, there's election. only yeah, right. I'd like That's to. That's what
0: we're look. If if I play a lot of chess, okay, and, and as a chess player, you look at the board and you say, what would I do if I were my opponent, right? Yeah. What's he going to do? And so I've got. <clears throat> You know, Trump, in in chess terms, has not just one queen, but probably one other queen, maybe two other queens. Nine. No, (laughs) it's not possible to have that. But you have two other queens. Okay, he's got one of his bishops, two of his rooks, both of his knights, and and four of his pawns still remaining. The Democrats, by contrast, have the king, a couple of pawns, and one knight. Okay? That's it. Okay? Who's going to win that game? Right? It's, it's too obvious. Uh, we're going to win that game. Now, how does somebody who is in the position of the Democrat, who really wants to win, what does he do? There's only one thing. Ari?
1: Wound your opponent as much as possible. Oh, no, no, no. In That's every a, way as I, possible.
0: I, you're on the chessboard. Okay, I'm, let's go back to chess. Yeah. You're in the, and you,
1: Oh, you knock choice. over the table. Yes, yeah. you knock over the table. <laughs> and you go, whoops, uh, we're, 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 we're in this game.
0: If they really feel like they have to pretend that the game's not happening the way they, they don't want yeah. it to happen, there's only one option, and that is to knock over the table. You know, or or you know, whatever, use your arm and just totally wipe all the, the, the pieces off the table. What is the equivalent of that the Democrats? And there's, and there's only one thing that they can do.
1: Uh, trash the economy. Exactly. That's well. That's my opinion. And, exactly. And in two facets <clears throat> uh, or three facets. Number one, talk it down right. using the media to say how terrible everything is. Number two, do what Schmuck, uh, Chuck the Schmuck Schumer did in 2008, leading up to that election, which is create panics by things like runs on banks. Right. Announced that some bank in Orange County that was solvent is insolvent is about to have a run on it and then when the run on it happens there's the media covering the run on banks which creates a paranoia about other banks right. that led eventually to the housing have a crisis ripple effect, yeah. so What they have, if you look at the pieces that they have on their chessboard that I see, is they have a bunch of people who run mutual funds. They have a bunch of very wealthy people, and they have a bunch of mm, monstrous tyrants throughout the government who can manipulate things. And George Soros. And like Soros, who are masters at economic manipulation. I see a massive crash in the stock market coming in late September, early October. A manufactured one The one that doesn't reflect the actual strength of economy But one where there's a coordinated Massive dump of shares Somehow in the stock and bottom
0: That's exactly right They are going to do However it looks like that's a different story Uh, The actual specifics I don't know But they are going to do whatever they can To wipe that board off They cannot stand the idea Of another re-election Another election (coughs) of Donald Trump because to do so would mean to admit uh, that they were totally wrong about the American population, that it was not a uh, stealing of this election, uh, that their whole mantra, their whole policy wonking uh, is 100 percent wrong. They cannot afford this. So they have to do what they must do. They, you thought Peter Strzok and Lisa Page were uh, <clears throat> rogue, rogue agents. Wait till you see what happens in later 2020, just before the, the election. I think that we're going to see a lot of effort. Whether they succeed or not is a different story, but they are talking about it now. How do we deliver a, a disaster in the economy that, we could, that, that is so bad that we can blame it on Trump-era policies, where we can say, we told you so, that this was one big pyramid that all collapsed, it was a big charade— a Paper tiger, all the things that they want to say, and voilà, you know yeah. we will come here and we will rescue and not only will we rescue it from Trump, but we will also deliver to you a whole new system. We call it socialism
1: right, which will exactly. will get rid of this big, bad thing called capitalism, which it has you know, these market crashes and this instability, and doesn't work for all and leaves so many behind right so that that is what you can expect because uh, look,
0: it's what uh, they do. That's it's what they, what do. they always they, do. They have to. And and they have no shame about it. I mean, look, these are the same people that invented this Russian collusion. These are the same people who invented this Ukrainian collusion. These are the same people who who pretended as if uh, Hillary Clinton would have a 98% chance of winning the election. These are the same people that told us that the Benghazi riots were the, the product of some video in Los Angeles. These are the same people... That were, had no problem sticking the Treasury on you uh, and, and, and didn't have any issue with it, thought that it would be totally fine. These the are the same,
1: IRS, you mean, yeah. and the Tea Party people. That's yes. right. Uh,
0: these are the same people that thought it would be okay to invent a dossier totally fabricated for purposes of getting a FISA warrant on an opponent named Donald Trump. I mean, if, if they're capable of doing that, then why aren't they capable at least of trying to manipulate the markets in such a way through their insiders, and there's plenty of them in the deep state, such
1: that the economy would tank at just the right moment Yeah, or even not the economy, but the stock market. Something what we call reportable and experienceable. So people in their 401ks think they get scared, get cold feet. So people start questioning the stability of the economy and the future of America. You know, that whole unmoor people from the conservative ideals of God, country, family, etc. Exactly
0: right. That's all they have to do. Now, first of all, they're thinking about it. I guarantee you they're thinking about it. And how do we time this in such a way that it would maximize our benefit? It will boomerang. It will be found out at the end of the day. But that's the only choice. That is the nuclear option that they have. Because this impeachment thing is not going to work. Because... These are the same people who brought you, you know, brought you the impeachment process, right? Which we know has no basis whatsoever. Yeah. and By the way, there's uh, no such thing as yeah. abuse of Congress. Right. There's there's no such well, oh, there's, sorry, no, oh, there's obstruction no of Congress
1: at this point because there's no it's article. It's another thing altogether. So, yeah.
0: There's no such thing, even if they they did have a, a claim. There's no such thing as obstruction of Congress. There's no basis uh, based upon abuse of power. It's not a feel-goodism sort of thing. Like, oh, I, we just don't like the way he's going about being president. That's, that's not a basis for impeachment. If it was, we would have seen a lot more impeachment in the past. But there's a reason why there are so few impeachments and, of course, why there's, there have never been any convictions uh, precisely because of that. It does not work. Now, I, I am looking forward, of course, to November 2020. I think it's going to be a slaughter. Even with the Democrats doing what Democrats do, I think we're going to see a massive slaughter. And it's, will I be happy about it? Of course I will be happy about it. Will I be, what I'm going to be really happy about, however, is the comeuppance that the liberals will have to face. Because this will be the second time around where they will predict that Trump will lose and they'll be slaughtered. It'll be very similar, very akin to what we saw in Britain just a little while ago. It's going to be awesome. And then when Trump becomes, uh, when he gets reelected, and he pursues his policies again.
1: And has massive majorities in Congress and massive judge they have, vacancies yeah. filled by him, right. including one uh, old biddy named Larry King who's not on the Supreme Court anymore. Right. Uh, then they'll really freak out.
0: <laughs> it's going to be very, very exciting. And look, at the end of the day, I, I love this country. You love this country. And what they're going to find out is what we're finding out, what we already know. When just from – we talked about the rallies, and one out of every four now is a registered Democrat. That, that's telling you something. But it will translate when the actual vote happens. And he's going to win not just the electoral college by a lot, but by the popular vote by a lot as well.
1: Oh, Huge. Uh, a quick note: um, Last weekend they had a Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, Snunky Cortez rally in my neck of the woods over in Venice, and something very interesting happened.
0: Where she where, where she, where she cons- expressed her fear about fascist dumb coming.
1: Basically, yes, I remember. Yes. That. Yeah. So anyway, um, you would think that, the, and the news portrays it as if it's a Trump rally, not even close. Most of the people in attendance were in unionistas from like the basically the SEIU people, right? That that union, <clears throat> if you remember, yeah, of course. which is the uh, 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 j- a j- you haven't heard about them in a while. They haven't been in the news in a while, so just a refresher. They're that janitors' union, made up mostly of Latino people that are paid to show up at rallies for political purposes to be bodies, right? At a Trump rally, no one is paid to be there. They, they show, they go, they're happy, it's an event. Oh, it's hard it's to Wood- get in? Yeah, it's Woodstock. And people who can't get in, watch on jumbotrons outside. They right. wait in line to watch outside. <laughs> I know. This, um, they never report the actual crowd size. It was probably a couple thousand. Right. But a Trump rally is like 20 or 30,000. Of course. Or more. This is really just a few hundred in the middle of the friendlies, Right. And in a Trump rally, you just said it. This is this, and this uh, 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 is an analog to Fox News in this way. At a Trump rally, twenty-five percent are registered Democrats. At the Bernie Snooky Cortez rally, trust me, there wasn't one Republican of course, there. Of course, not, not. one in yeah. attendance, willingly going. Hey, I'm into this. So there's yeah. no crossover appeal. And one of the is so. The, that's a huge indicator of where this is all going. The other thing is you were talking about the accuracy of Fox earlier. And here's really the bottom line on it. Because Fox, like other media, is media. So the, the hysteria is always there. And, you know, certain flaws in the media there's business model right there. has got to be entertainment and right. there's got to be drama. But I get it. But here's where you know Fox is better as a product than the other guys. On Fox, they show you all sides of the issue. Right. Okay, there are liberals on Fox, there are conservatives on Fox, and there's the rainbow in between. On these others, when there's a conservative on It's not a real conservative. It's not (laughs) someone espousing conservatism. It's a Republican who's saying something they want to have heard on their network. So there is no rainbow. There is no diversity of thought. There is no diversity of opinion. And as a result, you get more of both sides of the issue on Fox, hence a more accurate product. On the others, you don't. Hence, same with these rallies. At Trump rallies, you get a more accurate slice of American uh, political attitude by showing how liberals are attracted to it too. When you see Snooky Cortez and Bernie go in Venice and rally against the millionaires and billionaires, uh it's no one but their own people, and even they have to bus in their own people. Well
0: it's a party of wishful thinking, isn't it? They they, yeah. they really want to believe that people are behind them, but the reality is nobody's there. I mean it's if look if I write a book and it's about I don't know Guatemalan, um,
1: Norwegian <clears throat> knitting. <laughs> Remember no, no, that's that it. they always say, it. yeah, Norwegian <laughs> knitting.
0: No, if, if I write a book about you know Guatemalan um, tap dancing, you know, okay, there might be two or three people who are interested in that. <laughs> right. You know, it's, but, but I don't expect the whole country to be rallying around it, and I don't expect it to be a bestseller, right? So you know, you want to write, and and actually make money, and actually bring people to your book. You've got to write a book that is meaningful, that it has you know something to offer.
1: Yeah, that's why Barack wrote a book about sex. Very <laughs> that's, smart. Thank very you. Thank very, you very, much. very smart. Rise of the Sex Machines, <laughs> sex available is, now on Amazon. Sex in is in the title. That's all we need to, <laughs> that's know. Need to that's know. know. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Buy on Amazon right now.
0: Uh, so. Anyway, <laughs> so the point is that uh, they, they they want to make it seem as if it's something else. You know, one of the things, it's it's a great example of mismarketing. Let's say that I wrote a book. That indeed about Guatemalan tap dancing in the 1940s. By the way, not even present. Okay, just the way it was. The glory days of Guatemalan tap dancing in the 1940s. Okay, so let's say I write this book, but I know that it's not going to sell. Okay, I mean, what idiot would think that's going to sell? So you've got to repackage it. So you say you you forget about you know you just change the title, and you say, uh, you know, uh, how to have better sex today you know in and two easy steps or whatever and I, you know you sell that book and people buy books on on a title alone and then eventually they realize that they've been had you know it's it's about guatemalan <laughs> tap dancing in the 1940s <laughs> and they don't want that so that's the way it is with MSNBC that's that's exactly the way it is they they want to sell this thing they want to believe that it's 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 resonating with the people. But the truth is, it's more like watermelon tap dancing in the 1940s. Nobody wants your socialism crap. Nobody believes in it. It's boring to them. We, we know it. So you're packaging it as democratic socialism. You're packaging it as, as equality and otherwise. But at the end of the day, no one's going to buy it. That's the beauty of it. I'm so excited about 2020. I really got to tell you. And we are, we are looking at great times. And as I said in the beginning of this podcast, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we'll look back on these days and say, man, that was awesome. Remember? Yeah,
1: we'll say, we'll say that was the start of the glory we're having now. Yes,
0: that's right. Because uh, Trump will have shown Republicans, especially Republican contenders going forward, that this works. Audacity works. And, and following through on your promises works. People admire that. They respect it. They want that. They want the honesty. They want strength. They want, I, I don't know, they want it. They, they want it, the, the, the truth. And that's how it's going to happen. I'm Brock Leary. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.